is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple places on the internet. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, X slash Twitter, and Instagram. Maybe you're listening later. Wherever you get your podcasts, Audible? I don't know. Honestly, it could be Audible. Audible question mark? Is Maybe that a this new... is an uh, audiobook. I'm honestly not sure what's going on anymore. No, but oh, you can listen to it anywhere. Release the audiobook. Release the audiobook. <laughs> you can listen anywhere. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen on Apple. You can listen on Android. However, you can't listen <laughs> Why on are you Google. Listening, listening. <laughs> to remind people where they can subscribe if they want yep. to, because there are other options than Google Podcasts, because Google Podcasts, where we get a good chunk of our listeners, guys, from, is shutting down at the end of March. Yep. So I want to make sure that good chunk of listeners who listen to the show move over to other places. Otherwise, I'm going to be very sad when I open up the stats for our podcast every day. So Hashtag on. Google Chunk, come home. You gotta find <laughs> us. We need on. you, Chunk. Let's Don't go, leave chunk. us, Chunk. Don't yeah. leave us, Chunk. Man, I wear a white T-shirt on this show. I'm positively glowing down here. <laughs> listening. I'm bringing this is great. it. There's so many contrasts. Energy. You're white on black. Pete is black on white. It's like you're uh, naked. Spy versus spy. spy. We've been trying yeah, to kill spy. each other with dumb bombs for years. Yes, yeah, true. It's and that true. is true, sort of. Uh, come on. We have an amazing show, man. I'm excited. We do yeah, have an amazing get- show. You know what yeah. we're going to get tonight? It's touchy-feely, and I know it for sure. Yeah! Come on, man. Uh, well, listen, to that end, why don't we bring in our first guest here? He's one of our favorite guys to talk to on the show, and he has a bunch of stuff that is coming out, including Local Man and the spinoff series Hack Slash Back to School. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Seeley. Tim, welcome! Yeah! Yay! Hey. Happy to see you guys. Everybody's looking good. Justin's all... Goatee looks like the evil version of himself. Kind of. I, I should, you should know. I am the evil one. I killed the good one. I killed the good one. Easy True. to kill. Stupid. <laughs> Easy to kill. Evil's in. Evil's back. Uh, Tim, excited to see you here. Now, I know you are not uh, quite drinking tonight because you're a little under the weather, but. I'm drinking. Uh, oh, you are drinking. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I think uh, good for you. Cured by, by liquor. I believe that's how that works. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It kills all the bugs and everything. Uh, to that end, though, we every week on the show we have a professional chef, Brett Macris, who yes. he designs or curates a cocktail based on one of our guests or something on the show, if he can. Uh, and this week he did something for you. Here we go. I'm going to bring it up. It's Farmington Iced Tea, oh, our local man's favorite. It's a modified Long Island iced tea in honor of local man. Uh, it's vodka, it's gin, it's rum, it's tequila, it's simple syrup, lemon juice, orange juice, cranberry juice, sparkling water on a lemon ledge. Oh, uh, sounds I, delicious. It is so good. Alex, you're I, drinking this? You're going to be fucked up. Wait, can I show you guys something? Hold on, I'll, I'll minimize this. So I was like, oh, I'll put it together and I'll make like a little extra for the show. I have a whole ball jar the size of my head. That's a giant jar. It is a giant jar. Have you made... drank all that up until no, that no, point? No, no, no. I didn't. Oh. I made... It ended up being so much. I gave some to my wife. I gave some to my neighbors. I thought uh, you my kids, kids, my pet. They're all <laughs> wasted. They're, they're dead. Gets they died. Wow. Well, anyway, great drink. This is absolutely delicious. If you want to know the taste, my wife described it as Long Island lemonade, which I thought was a good description. Oh, that's that's right. Right. That's Perfect yeah. for a summer day. Excellent. Well, let's talk Local Man to kick off uh, because this series has been so good. You are on a little bit of a hiatus now leading into 
ish. Yeah. <laughs> just well, you have a uh, local man, bad girls, right? Is yeah. So the way we've been doing it, we do it in four show arcs, and then we'll do like a, we do a special. So we did local man gold, um, and then in the meantime, we also put out the trade so that people can catch up. So uh, local man volume two comes out uh, this month, and then uh, or in April, and local man bad girls comes out in Mar- I think March twenty eighth or something like that. So uh, we try to make it so that people never have any reason not to catch up on it we just always have stuff that keeps you you know you can you can drop in anytime so volume one trade is out then we have uh yeah volume two coming out and then bad girls as well and then we're back with 10 in um in may so i want to get into spoilers not a little bit but a lot of bit uh for the last couple of issues because they really have literally broken the comic book form in an incredible way uh Mm -hmm. you had an issue i think it was two issues back for anybody who didn't read it, if you don't want to know, turn away. But the you have these front stories that are following this guy, local man, who is a superhero who's back in his hometown. He's investigating some mysteries, dealing with some stuff. Meanwhile, we, the reader, know that the woman he's been having an affair with is kind of behind everything. And that's something that's being explored through the backup stories. You had him in a psychedelic haze literally travel through the ads and the backup story at the same time, which was like broke my brain wild. Absolutely amazing. Um, Talk us through like literally physically creating that because you have him on these ads that otherwise exist in image comics. Yeah, it was. So the nugget of this was a Tony police idea. And he, he said, well, we've got the backup. We should do a thing where some at some point, someone walks from one story into the other one like that's so cool how do we figure that out so we kept kicking back and forth how that would line up and the the thing with jack is he's got these powers um which you know in a 90s superhero kind of way he thought was just made him so he could hit stuff like that he never misses they could throw a you know a shield or a or a a wrench or something and he would always hit somebody and but he didn't realize that the powers are actually sort of like they direct him to the important things that he needs to to do to figure out so he's actually a really good detective but because he's having sex with the woman who's behind it he's kind of um, denied reality so so his powers get kicked over because he gets a a heroic dose of psychosilodone which is actually the term for when you have uh, more than 50 milliliters i believe of uh of psychosilodone or silodone so he's tripping out of his ass and while resisting these this this fact that you know Inga is behind this and that she's sort of the supervillain, uh, he, you know, kind of falls out of his own story. So we set it up earlier. You know, he he gets dosed and he's kind of goofed up and he keeps running into the panel borders, uh, and he drops stuff and then has to figure it out. Uh, and then so we have it be that you know when he finally accepts reality, he walks into her story and sees the moment that she becomes the villain, which is sort of activated by uh, him abandoning her and the town. Uh, to go off to LA and, and become a, a member of this uh, superhero team. So uh, we had to figure out how to time this and like broke down every issue and when he was going to be tripping his ass off and when we had to set up all these things and then uh, write the two stories so that they line up exactly. Oh, that's and hard. You want to play with the flip book aspect of it. Um, the downside is we're gonna, then we had to figure out how to put it into the trade, which is <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. harder, but we also like one of the things we wanted with this book was that, you know, I, I hear retailers say like, well, give me a reason to sell the comic because people mm-hmm. just want the trades. Like, well, here's why it only works specifically this way in the comic. So, you know, th- we were trying to come up with inventive ways to like make, you know, cause 
I, hopefully when you're reading the comic, part of the way you read it is you read it one direction and then you get to the end and then you flip it over and, and read the other one. And so we wanted it to be literally, you turn Jack around and he walks through the other way. Uh, <laughs> wow. So it was just like, it's a, it's a thing you'd only do with a print comic. Uh, and I don't, they, so it was, it was uh, executed, I think, in such a way that hopefully made it like, we justified our entire flip book and all our crazy shit and how they tie together. Uh, now, hopefully it, it lines up and everybody goes, oh, I see what you guys are up to. It was magic. It was some comic yes. book magic when to encounter that. And let me say, uh, taking it back, like uh, Tim, we've known Local Man is one of my favorite. Every week it comes out, I'm shouting it out as my pick of the week. It's like I, I'm just in love with this book. We've known you a long time. I feel like this book is pulling like sort of all the tricks. Like I feel like it's it's has so much juice and it feels like a culmination of something. Is that true? And if so, did you sort of know that? And when you have this idea where you're like, this is the book I'm going to like go, I'm going to do all the way. I think uh, well, I had the, the, the rough nugget for Local Man I've had for a really long time, like probably 10 years, you know, like if I had done it 10 years ago, when I really thought of it, it was like, it probably would have made more sense to be a 90s sort of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I kind of had just the, the, the nugget, the name um, and, and the, the, you know, that he was a part of a super team. And I, I kind of wanted it to be the follow-up to a revival and then the other stuff kind of came up, but I didn't, I guess I didn't have the right collaborator for it. And I, so I was, I had been, you know, thinking around with another head sketches for all for cross Jack and stuff, but it wasn't until I was talking to Tony at, uh, at a at long beach comic-con uh, right before the pandemic stuff, I think it was like a week or two before everything went to shit, but um, we were talking about it and Tony and I love the same shitty image comics and like right. not even just image comics like the shitty 90s stuff that was just full of energy but like not very good and and we just loved that stuff and so we were talking about it, i was like well you know what would be awesome is if you could make a comic that looked like a 90s image comic but read like a 90s vertigo comic and that was mm -hmm. our that was a, this you know this thing that we just thought oh that'd be so great and i was like wait i have a thing i have a thing that could be I have that <laughs> uh, but yeah i needed tony to, to sort of come in and he he's just like an expert at sort of paring things down. I think I had it mm. a little too broad, and and Tony came in and just said, "This is the best part of the idea. This is the most interesting characters." Um, and he, he knows I know '90s comics pretty well. I think Tony might know it better than I do. And so, Ooh. you know, the first like when there was that lockdown thing from like March to May, uh, that that real weird miserable time of which we didn't know what the fuck was going on. Tony and I were just hopping on Zoom and kicking this book back and forth uh and so that's kind of how we you know put it together and how it became sort of half of each of us and i sort of set up a thing where you know i had the rough plot line but you know it's like well give me a bunch of your 90s kids characters that you made when you were 13 and i'll give you some of mine yeah. and then we just oh, sort wow. of put it together wow awesome. Well, to kind of jump off of what Justin's saying, first off, congratulations. You're killing it, man. I mean, uh, the love, I mean, Nightwing was just unbelievable. And that's after we fell in love with Hackslash. Do you feel like after Local Man, you have reached like a Super Saiyan level at this point? Or do you think? No, I, I feel like the, the, the more critically acclaimed a comic I make is the less it sells. So, <laughs> so I'll have to make something that is dumb and sells really well or something after this. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I think, I think what, what I have figured out is that, you know, the, the thing that 
like hack slash when i started out was like one of those dumb young confident thing where you're like fuck it slasher comic where it's kind of like smartly written but looks like a zenoscope book fuck it it'll rock you know and like that was not a good idea really but it worked (laughs) (laughs) um and it worked just because of perseverance and sort of um you know waiting for the audience to 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 find it and and working with really great creators and i think like the thing i've figured out since then and since nightwing and stuff and working with tom and grayson is just like when you when you find the right collaborator on a, on a book, like, you know, come up with something for that collaborator, like work, you know, work on something that you can, you can um, merge your ideas. And then that was the other, maybe that's the thing that at, I'm almost 47, like that I finally figured out is like, you know, Stefano and I on, on, um, on hack slash and, and then the other artists that have worked on it and, and uh, uh, you know, Tom with um, Nightwing and Javi on, uh, I mean, Tom and Grayson and Javi and Nightwing, it just, work with those great people just like get into each other you know like get weird yeah. and share those things because i think you know if um zoe with hack slash it, it's, it's i didn't really know exactly what i wanted to do with it but when zoe was like hey i kind of want to do a hack slash thing it's like okay do whatever you want just go crazy yeah i will not even i will not even edit you just do whatever the fuck you want and you know she's the right person to do that so that that's the that's the lesson like find good people and just let them do crazy shit or come up with something for them, you know. Well, and on that on Hack Slash, what's it like if you're not really involved much at all? What's it like to read that book when you it's see still the weird. I mean, it's still personally weird for me to read someone else, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Um, but you know, her take on it is so perfectly like she's much closer in age to Cassie than I am, obviously, much closer in gender, uh, <laughs> much closer in and sort of philosophy and stuff. So it's interesting for me, I guess, to see like, oh, when I work on Cassie, I'm sort of going through this filter of mm. figuring her out. And I think I'm pretty good at it. But when I read Zoe, I'm like, oh, this is Zoe. Like she is, <laughs> Cassie is Zoe, like with a baseball bat. And so, <laughs> you know, I think that's the most interesting part of it. And even, you know, she and I hung out and we talk and stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, this this is the that connection you can make with, you know, she read that book when she was a teenager, which uh, when she was younger. And so, you know, this, this is sort of why she likes this. It's kind of like her. So, right. Uh, yeah. So it works out great. It's, it's super weird, but it's uh, I mean, does that does that then make you more excited to get back to the character doll? Is that something where you read back to school and you're like, oh, now I'm getting five more ideas for hack slash off of this? Kind of. I mean, it's weird. I there's also to some degree a sort of like, how do I follow this up for the people who were here for it's lonely at the center of the earth. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I like this hack slash thing. And then now 47 year old guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that kind of mildly concerns me, but the other side of it, I, and I think of, you know, the thing we are doing another hack slash thing to follow up after uh, back to school. And I kind of went with the philosophy that I told you guys, where I was just like, well, this was the way to make Zoe into it. This was the thing that she wanted to do. This is the monsters that she likes. This is her influences. And so for the new one, I was like, well, fuck it. We're just going to do, Stefano and I will do something that is us. You know, mm. it'll be our anniversary, our 20th anniversary present for each other. Wow. Yeah. You know, so we're, so I, I think, you know, maybe that's just the, the, the way to do it is don't be something you're not, but follow the, the things that, you know, sort of inspire you or interest you about something. And I, I don't, I don't like manga as much as Zoe. I don't have those connections to that kind of stuff. 
Um, but that's okay. She she can do it and add it to mm-hmm. it and, and and you know finds audience. And then I really like shitty eighties movies and and nineties superhero comics. And so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to hear you talk about the collaboration thing because not that that's necessarily totally rare. I mean, comics is based on collaboration. You have to have a whole team doing stuff, but you're somebody who has leaned into that pretty heavily and thrive there from all the things you mentioned to minor threats too, as well, teaming up with that team over there to help them flesh out that universe. I mean, you touched on this a little bit, but why is that something you're drawn to or is it just projects you kind of just keep ending up with? Yeah, you That's like it. people, I guess. Yeah, what's why, that about? how do you how do you what's like people? How's it what's it like to like how make how make friends, Tim? <laughs> We've been stuck with each other for like 18 years. So we... Alternately, how do you extract yourself from a relationship? Yeah, how do you get out of a collaboration, Tim? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've got Stefano for twenty, so I told, I told yeah, get you it. get it. Um, no, I think actually it was the fucking pandemic. It broke me. I, I was, I'm not, I'm not an introvert. I mean, I, I think a lot of creative people are, um, and you know, and that there's a kind of comfort in in going into your your studio and just making something yourself, and and I like that, but it's not me. And um, you know, that those months, you know, we just had a kid when lockdown happened, and and you know that added to just being alone or just with my family and uh, not getting to go out and hang out with people. So I, I feel like I used comics as a way, as an excuse to talk to people. I mean, I, I made um, West of Sundown, so I had an excuse to talk to Aaron Campbell or, and Jim Terry. And um, I made Local Man essentially as an excuse to talk to Tony. And, uh, <laughs> and so, I, you know, I think it just comes from, I, 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 do, I do like people. I like working with people. I think I get energy from people. Um, you know, I'm also sort of aware that in comics, it's not necessarily good for your branding to have, you know, this sort of collaborator thing, I think maybe uh, people sort of like this, the solitary genius, I guess, maybe or something, but, you know, like minor threats, like Jordan and I get along really well. We were, we were going to do a animated show together and it didn't come together and we're just like, let's just do something. And, you know, so I pitched him an idea for minor threats and I got to work with him and, and Scott Hepburn and, and Chris Mitten and, and Pat and Oswald. Like, I just got to like hang out and talk to those guys and go to dinners with them. And I mean, it, whatever, I made a comic great, but I got to hang out, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, well, just I, to, I, I, I just want to jump in real quick. Um, uh, as someone who's enjoys your company very much, you are a blast to hang out with in real life. And I think that people <laughs> yeah. do feed off that energy and it does make a great for a collaboration. And that's a great time to say that um, there's a nickname that we use on this show called Touchy Feely Tim Seeley. And just to clear the air about it, it's not that you're Touchy Feely Tim. It's whenever Pete yeah, saw yeah. you, he hugged you like you were like like men who fought a war together. <laughs> he hugged you longer and harder than I've seen him hug anything, and even including his Punisher slippers. So that's the origin of that nickname. But I love to hear that about collaboration because I feel like the myth, that's a myth, all that auteur shit. Mm-hmm. And I think like the collaboration is where what opens you up to new stuff. So shouts to that. And as far as going crazy during pandemic, my wife is like, hey, I know you are trying to be funny. I don't want it. And you need to find another place. To <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, those yeah. yeah those marital issues aside, uh, just on the collaboration <laughs> thing, uh, I do feel like that's something that 
is changing in the comic book industry. I don't know if you feel it is, Tim, but I see, you know, there are semi-solitary things like James Tide announced his Tidy Onion Company, but at the same time, you have these collectives that are popping up, and I feel like artists and writers are sort of circling the wagons for their independent things all working together because they realize they shouldn't be isolated. Is that something that you see changing now or or not? Yeah, I think, I don't know. So, and where I kind of came around on, where, or what sort of also sort of inspired me to do is I started uh, teaching some classes that, you know, in addition to just wow. not being, uh, you know, an introvert, so I needed to get out, is I, I started teaching uh, some college classes and we, we, you know, I have a, it's a, it's a cartoon class. And so it's really, it is based on sort of like you write, you letter, you draw, you color, you draw, you, you know, I want I'm it's holistic. I want you to be able to do all those things. But at the end of the semester, the first time I did it, um, the students were supposed to make their own four page comic. They were supposed to do it entirely by themselves. And then pandemic shit happened and locked everything locked down. So the first class back after that, when we were all on, on Zoom doing shit, was was the class of which I assigned them that that assignment. And just as like a whim, I was like, you know what? Uh, it's collaborative. You're gonna write a script. You're gonna trade it with someone else, and 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 then it's gonna be like creative team. And they fucking loved it. I mean, it was like the most. I never seen right. them just interact and and um, it, 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 it every year like you would think to some degree that like. That the notion of your, your your most important assignment that's worth more points being reliant on someone else would be somewhat uh, frightening for them. But no, no, they fucking love it. They go crazy. And when they see those other kids, the other student draw their story, like the, the pride on their faces is like better than anything I have when I get, you know, a book in the mail or a trade worth of, of stuff I've done. And so I, I think it's inherently part of comics, one. And I think also we're all a little broken and we went through some shit and so you know the the realization of how easily you can lose everything and how lonely people are and mm -hmm. and it is collaborative it, it is it is very good for collaboration i mean it doesn't have to be but the sort of you know improv comedy aspect of it the yes and and you just fucking roll is what makes it interesting and you think of all this stuff you know like chris Comer and john byrne like they those comics work because of both of them and when they're not right. together, they don't work. <laughs> like, yeah, they just you know, they or, or they don't work as well. And and so, right. you know, you need this sort of, um, and sometimes you need big egos, and sometimes you need someone who kind of, you know, takes things away. And that that's one of the things that we do with local man is that I put in too much, and Tony says, "Get rid of that, get rid of that," and I just go, "Okay, all right, cut it out." <laughs> uh, and you know, but it makes for something that no, neither of us would have done on our own. And so I think, you know. I, I hope people come back to that aspect of comics because it is so, you know, that single genius, the hot creator of the month is so much a part of, you know, uh, the fucking, uh, you know, slab up a cover because it's some genius individual person. But but it, it really should be this, you know, you celebrate these moments. And that's what, you know, if you remember when you were a kid, would be that that was the exciting part of some of those superhero comics from the from the 80s and 90s was holy shit, these guys are working together. You know, mm -hmm. that, that right. was part of the thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I mean, to that point, you're doing a collaborative project again with Brave and the Bold number 13. What could you tell us about that story that you're going to be doing? Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about this one because Kelly Jones is one of my yeah. favorite characters. Right? So, yeah. Um, but I'm, I get to go do Nightwing again, which is really cool. Uh, right. But it's it's a Nightwing dead man team up. 
and uh, this is another. I I I was I pitched this like I, three years ago, I think, but it was originally going to be a black label book, and um, and then you know just everything whatever went crazy, and and then they were like, well, can we put it together for Brave and Bull, which is a team up based book, uh, and then I get to sort of re reconfigure it to fit you know that format, and it's much better for it. Um, I I think mm-hmm. you know it's meant to be. I think it should be read like as a regular Batman book and stuff, but, um, but yeah, I wrote it. So Kelly and I had worked together on a couple of things we, uh, we met because of heavy metal and we did a project together. And then, uh, I wrote him a couple of, um, of stories. Uh, one, one was a dead man thing. I wrote him a Batman story and I wrote him a He-Man story actually. Nice. Um, and, and we like have a good thing going, uh, in part, cause I know when to get the fuck out of his way. I just, <laughs> I'll just say, draw some gross Kelly Jones shit here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but so this one is um, really playing the idea, and it's sort of crazy that they've never really there's only been like two or three issues of which they were teamed up ever. They're both circus dudes, and they're both aerialists, and they both have collars. I was and, gonna say their outfits are very similar a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, and they, and they both kind of come from that like the the. All the dudes who were working on that stuff, you know, in the late 70s and early 80s were like had grown up on circus shit and were still sort of, you know, excited about it. That was it was already passe, like no one was going to the fucking circus in 1979. But but so they kind of come from the same uh, sort of genesis and that and that kind of fascination. And so it was crazy to me that they'd never really done a story together. I mean, they were uh, injustice and and stuff. They were they were together. But. But not like just like a story where they, they work together. So um, we came up with a, a horror story, and it's basically um, sort of a Nightwing and Deadman have to go out on the road. And the, I did all this research about the old circus trails, the old highways that um, and train tracks that sort of crisscross the country. Um, and it's all this. It's all based. It's like a. I, I describe it as like a, a James Wan horror movie. Uh, set in the DC universe on the back roads of, of the DC universe. Essentially. So uh, that's awesome. awesome. And we touched on it before, but I didn't really ask you much about it. Uh, Local man, bad girls, as we said, is coming out in March. Now that all the stuff about it is out there, I assume we're going to be delving into or touching on that a little bit with the issue. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's a, it's an anthology um, sort of in that it's a, it's separate stories from uh, the the main uh, women characters from the book, so Neon um, and Inga and Frightside are the sort of three main ones, but also Seascape, uh, Love Bunny from Love Bunny, Mister Hell is in there. Oh, okay. um, but it's it's a t- stories that are tied together, um, but it has also a through line. So it, it it's a uh, it's essentially a um, cat and mouse between Neon and Inga, and they are both ex girlfriends of or, or current, depending on the day, I guess. Uh, of Jack, so um, so it's like a sort of cat and mouse superhero villain uh, thing between the two of them, and then it, it weaves through the rest of the the image universe, and so it also contains um, some of the ladies from Cyberforce and Savage Dragon, and um, uh, what else do we got in there? Dynamo Five and uh, a bunch of other characters that uh, people let us borrow for some reason. So it's, it's sort of a celebration <laughs> of, uh, of those, like, 90s sexy, ridiculous comics, but also, like, it passes the Bechdel test pretty easily. 
<laughs> right. uh, I'm really excited for that. I mean, we told, we talked yes. to Tony about this a little bit at Baltimore, but you bringing in Joan from Love Everlasting in the last special was yeah. maybe one of the wildest things I've ever read in comics. So, so uh, excited for whatever you're going to pull off in this one. Should be cool. <laughs> Tony and I have done this long enough that we know everybody. So, yeah. We need to. We can pull off, you know, hopefully we have enough goodwill that we can just call people and be like, Hey, Mark Sinestri, can we use ballistic and velocity and cyber? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Leave me alone. And are you just, you're just going down a list, checking off, like, all right, Sylvester's in, let's go. <laughs> Not the crew. It's it's like a, it's like an Ocean's Eleven crew gathering. So they're like, oh, you son of a bitch. And he's in, and then we go to the next <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. I can't wait for all that stuff. Tim, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Please. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. It's always a pleasure to see you and uh, good luck with those facial hair and everything. And, and <laughs> working on it. Well, it's growing luck. in. It's that, growing is in. it going well? What's, what's that? What do you mean? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I will make myself a, a, a medicated uh, Farmington uh, iced tea. Iced tea so. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Best right. health drink is enough. Love Thanks, Tim. Least. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. There we go. Oh, man. Plug some of that stuff again. Uh, Hack slash Back to School is scheduled to come out on February 28th from Image Comics. Local Man Bad Girls one shot is coming out March 27th, also from Image Comics. And Brave of the Bold number 13. I forgot to write down the date, but it's coming out. It's it's been solicited. I think it's in May. So uh, you can check it out then. Plus, all the the Sealy Spring is coming. The spring of Sealy. That's what we're calling it. Um, Or it could be the season of Condon, potentially. I don't know. We'll work on something. Not a lot of alliteration there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Really? I tried so hard and I couldn't think of anything. If this this is the thing, well, you maybe more will cure you. Yeah. yeah. Drink more. Drink more. Um, anyway, let's bring in our next guest. Like I not so cleverly teased there, one of our other uh, favorite creators to talk to, Chris Condon, everybody. Chris, well, hey, hey. welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, all right. right. Excited to talk about this book. Now, we've had you on before to talk about that Texas blood, and we chat about the Enfield Gang Massacre as well, two of our favorite series, and I do want to touch on those, but... It's not what you're here to talk about. You're here to no. talk about Night People coming out yeah. from Odie Press. It's based on the novel by Barry Gifford. It comes out March 5th. Uh, we've read uh, the first issue of it. We won't get into spoilers, even though the book's been out there for a while. But this is a wild fever dream nightmare of a book. <laughs> and I say that complimentarily. Um, what, what brought you on to this adaptation and what was involved in breaking it down given all the intense over-the-top things that happen and are you okay yes are you yeah. okay Check now i've been uh, shaking ever since <laughs> uh now i uh hunter gorenson uh took over oni press and uh we had talked previously at his last uh gig we had talked and so we, we knew who we knew who each other were and so i he reached out to me and he asked me if i was interested in possibly a adapting well it's funny because now the news is out about ec as well but he this was like way before he ever had the rights for either night people or ec but he was like i want to do ec which i'm like yes let's 100 yeah. percent. i'm there please make sure that i'm there um <laughs> night people um he had been wanting to adapt this book forever oh. and uh if you're not familiar lost highway the david lynch film was like a very 
I wouldn't even really call it an adaptation. It's like an inspired, it's just inspired by uh, Night People. Um, and Barry wrote the screenplay with David Lynch. And um, his idea was to sort of do a, a faithful adaptation of, of the book and, and to try to bring people back to, to Barry a little bit as well. Um, so that's really where the idea came from, was was from Hunter. And uh, Hunter sent me the book and I read it. Um, I actually didn't even know that I was familiar with Barry Gifford, but I was. Um, mm. And so I read the book and I was just, I immediately got what it was and understood what it was and loved it and saw it as a, a unique challenge to try to bring this book to comic book, uh, to a comic book, bring it, you know, bring it to a new medium. And um, yeah, that's how it happened. And I, I mean, I, in terms of my role as, as adapter, I mean, I, I really just wanted to make it as faithful as possible to Barry's work. Um, and it's, I still needed to bring myself into it here and there, but I mean that I just basically, I went through the book three or four times and just took copious notes and, and it's my, my copy of the book is just filled with highlighter and notes and, wow. and legal pads full of notes <laughs> for this thing. Uh, but I just really, I, all I did was I, I shaved his stuff down and, and moved stuff around, but it's very much his work still. Um, and that was very much on purpose. Um, now, when you say you added a lot of yourself, do you mean a lot of severed necks? Because this <laughs> yeah. book has a lot I, of I severed necks in it in general. That's actually from the book, but it's funny because I think this is what, like the, the third time I've had a book come out where somebody's head gets dropped off. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, that, that just was, that was luck. That was luck. Um, and I had to open the book that way just to get my my readers on yeah, board. Exactly. Uh, I am curious, just to take a step back and talk a little bit more about your process, uh, when you are adapting something like this, could you talk us through how you break it down from like a chapter by chapter basis to issues or how do you approach it? Yeah, I mean, so the, the way that the book is broken down is is pretty unique. So it's essentially four interconnected, loosely interconnected. They're not, you know, they don't really rely on each other necessarily. It's sort of a thematic connection between them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all four novellas, essentially. It's four novellas with some characters who, you know, pass through the stories and, and likewise, they take place in the same town. So it's New, New Orleans and Florida, um, primarily. We go into Mississippi a little bit, but it's primarily those locales. And so um, in in adapting it, I, what I did was I, I knew, okay, so that one of the questions would when we started out was how do we want to do this? Do we want to do it as a graphic novel? Do we want to do it as single issues? And I was always a fan of doing it as single issues um, because I felt pretty strongly that the way that the book was written was it's four separate stories. I felt like it'd be an interesting thing to do four separate issues. Um, and, uh, you know, not prestige length exactly, but 30 page issues, you know, it's full of story. Um, and the way that I broke it down really was I just went through and I just, I kind of figured out who the lead was of each story. Cause he does have a lot of characters that sort of go throughout the stories and I would sort of go, okay, this is this person's story. And I would focus on them and kind of zero in on them, which he didn't necessarily do. Um, one of the great things about Barry's writing is that he meanders a lot. And I mean, it's like, it's a great thing that he does. Um, and it's, it's such a fun experience to read his writing and to just sort of, you know, 
oh, this character pops up again, this character pops up, and you meet a new character here. But in terms of writing a comic in which you're, you know, you're confined to 30 pages and you're also, you know, you have to have it move, you can't do that. So I had to focus in on, okay, what characters are my leads here and, and what characters, I don't think I discarded any characters, um, but, you know, just really kind of zeroed in on that. And, and also one of the things that I kind of had to sit down and do was think about what the main theme is that connects everything because he doesn't spell it out for you necessarily. And the thing that I came away with was that this is about America at the end of the 20th century, this horrible century of just <laughs> and and technology run amok. And I was like, that's what this story's about. Um, and he fo- his focus is on is, is on the women in the story. So it, it's it's definitely it's an interesting thing to kind of have to break a story down that way and, and really do a lot of investigative work. Um, I suppose I, I could have talked to Barry about it, but I did, I did do a lot of that heavy lifting on my own. Um, yeah. and then in talking to Barry, I mean, he was, he was just, he was on board with me from the start. He had read Texas blood, um, Hunter had sent it to him and he had said right from the start, this guy gets it. So I was like, that's such a compliment to hear from Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was just that it was there from the start was just that, you know, he trusted me to do what I could do. And yeah, that was, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing to sort of break down. I do break it down a little bit on, on the Patreon page that I share with uh, Jacob um, just in terms of how, you know, what my notes looked like and what the book actually looked like my copy of the book, what it actually looks like. And so like, if you look at my scribbles, I'm like, this is one page of comic, you know, and I'm talking about right. an entire like, six, seven pages of, of prose. Mm. Like this is wow. one page. And so that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I, I would do is that I realize, okay, this is seven pages, but it doesn't need to be. Um, and that's one of the things about doing comics is that you have to, you have to think about the economy of the page. How do I make this work? How do I make it, you know, how does it move? I need it to, to keep moving because you don't want to lose people. You don't want to have something so dense that, that they get bored or you don't want to have something move so quickly that they, they don't feel invested in it. So you need to find that right, happy medium. And that's what my job was on this book was trying to find that that happy medium. Uh, I think I think Justin, you said this when we were doing the advanced review of the book, but this book feels sweaty, and yeah, <laughs> at least a large part of that is probably up to the art, certainly. But I was wondering if you could talk about that feeling and how you get that across so effectively in this issue. Yeah, I mean, that was a thing that I tried to get into the script and thank God I was working with Brian Level because he just, he gets it. And I, I, I've told him that I feel like his work in this book specifically just evokes like a grimy 90s. Yeah, yeah. Comedy. Like it just has this feel to it and I, I just loved it. Um, and right from the start, like he was a great collaborator first and foremost. Like he, he actually wanted to get on the phone with me. He like, like, hey, can we talk on the phone? Never. I'd met him briefly at New York Comic Con one year, um, but we got on the phone and we just talked about like what you know we each look for in a collaborator. And I essentially just tell him like, I just want you to do what you do. I don't really, you know, I just write the script. You take it and you run with it. Um, and but it, we we just saw eye to eye on what Night People was and, and what it should be. And I did try to put a lot of that, the seediness into the script and, and just sort of get the, you know, try to understand, you know, and you're talking about 
New Orleans, you're talking about Florida. These are sweaty places. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you really yeah. want it to feel that way. And I think it's an important part of this story is that there's just there's fans, there's there's air conditioning units, there's you know there, people spend a lot of time in bars, and the reason why is that it's just it's so miserably hot in these places, especially uh, you know with characters like uh, Big Betty and and Miss Miss uh, Miss Cutie. It's 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 something that you need to get in there right from the start. And I, I always try to evoke a feeling on the, on the first page of my script. I really try to get that out there in the open and get the person in, in the right frame of mind when they're reading it, the artist, because you're never going to read the script. I mean, you will eventually. I mean, if I like put it up as like a, a exclusive on Patreon or something, but mm. you're not going to read my script. You're going to be looking at, you know, words in a balloon, or captions, or just looking at the art, you know, how this person is interpreting my stuff. So I try to get that feeling into the script so that the artist feels it from from the get go. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely just, I, just in terms of how I describe a place or I describe a certain, how this character's looking, how they're feeling, all that, I, I try to just get that in there so that they get it. And that way I don't have to worry about it um, going forward. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned earlier EC Comics, and just for anybody listening to the podcast or watching who doesn't know what's going on with that, that is back at OD Press, the old imprint of like Tales for the Crypt that eventually led to Mad Magazine and other yeah. things. Um, there's two anthologies. One of them, I keep forgetting the name of, is the one that you're on, which is Epitaphs from the Abyss. Is that right? Yeah, I think I'm going to have stories in both. Okay. Um, nice. But cool. it's uh, Epitaphs from the Abyss. And uh, Cruel Universe, which yeah. I have the title Cruel Universe. And I, you know, I understand if some people have some skepticism about EC coming back and all that. But I, I just, all I can tell you is if you think this is a cash grab, don't you think they would use the title Ghost in the Crypt? Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is by and for fans of EC Comics. And that's what, you know, right from this, like I said, even before he had the rights for this, Hunter and I were talking about this. And we were just excited about it. And we, you know, he would share details about, I'm getting close with the deal. And I'm like, oh man, we got to do this. Um, because it's just such a, an important part of my, my, I, it really is just my existence. That's like, I grew up <laughs> with, with the, the Tales from the Crypt show and then found the comics. And really that just informs so much of, my sensibilities as a writer and as a comic fan in general, I, I mean, if you look at hell from hell's a squared circle, I mean, that's an EC story, mm -hmm. you know? Right. And I mean, every Christmas issue that we do for that Texas blood, it's an EC story. Right. Um, and you know, I, it, it always comes back to how did they do it? You know, if I'm doing a short for what, whatever, I, I always go back to let me look at those shorts because those are so perfectly crafted and they're five, six pages. You know, they're not long. They're, you know, we, we get 10 pages now, but they were five or six pages and they get a whole story in and it would just, it worked. And so I always kind of turn back to them and look at how they crafted the story. And so it's really just been part of my DNA as a, as a comic book writer. So to be able to play in that sandbox now and actually have the label EC have that bullet at the, yeah. at the corner of the uh, the cover is just uh, it's really cool i i i don't know it's it's just it's a dream come true 
I feel like it goes to tone. I think EC is it's, to be so concise and to nail a tone or have a tone that you can just write inside was such a so good. It felt so good as a reader as well, reading that. And mm. I think horror is just on such an upswing in comics. I mean, in movies, obviously, it's like sort of one of the only things that's working right now uh, from a Hollywood point of view. But in comics, I feel like it's been oh, coming... I feel like, yeah, in your face, everyone else. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like in comics, it's been, it's not just Halloween anymore. I feel like there's so many horror anthologies just all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think that horror is the perfect medium for an anthology. Uh, yeah. Because I, I do think that if you linger too long, you can sometimes, it, that, that's what, okay. So for perfect example, the movie lights out. If you remember this movie. The, there's a short film that inspired. Well, first of all, the trailer was fantastic. You see the movie; it's <laughs> fine. It's like a fine horror movie. It's a fun popcorn movie, whatever. But it's a forgettable movie. But the short that inspired it is brilliant. And that, and same mm-hmm. thing with with the short that inspired Mama. And I, I again feel like Mama is not my favorite movie. Right. But the short that inspired it is just so fantastic. I think that that's horror is really good at just a gut punch. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's why I think it really works well in an anthology. And I think science fiction does, too. I mean, I, I collect science fiction paperbacks. And I mean, I have so many just short story collections. I'm just packed with all these, you know, great writers um, you know, from Bradbury, Matheson, whoever you want to name. But um, it, it's just the, horror and sci-fi are really just they, they really just work for anthologies. They, they work in short form, especially well. Uh, not to keep jumping around, but I saw the Enfield Gang Massacre is getting collected, and I believe you're releasing it on newsprint. Is we that are. correct? We are. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, <laughs> How did yeah, that come I didn't about? know if we were going to be able to do it. Because um, okay. I know, because there's a different printer for single issues versus doing the trades, and I had no idea if it would be possible to do it um, in the trade, and it turned out it was possible. <laughs> so we're doing it. <laughs> Well, well, what's involved in that then? Does uh, do you need to go back and tweak any of the pages or the formatting or anything like that? The colors? No, no. Luckily, we don't need to do anything like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just there's nothing in terms of that. It was just trying to find the printer to do it. Um, We were lucky that Image knew of the printer because of uh, there was a Frank Miller presents Ashcan that was created that was printed on newsprint. That was the printer that we used. Um, and I know that a lot of creators actually reached out to me and they were curious, how did you, you know, we can't believe image went for this, which first of all, (laughs) image will basically, as long as we have a good, you know, idea of what we're doing and understand what it is we're doing, they'll just let us do whatever. They've been really good about that. Um, and you know, it just, it kind of came down to it's, it was literally, I think 10 cents more for issue, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) Um, and other creators were like, I can't believe they let you do newsprint. Like this must be so expensive. And I was like, it was like 10 cents more. (laughs) Um, And it just (laughs) gave us, it helped us sell the idea of this pulpy Western dime novel so much better than just glossy paper. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we were able to do it and that we were, you know, I don't even remember how we came up with the idea of doing it, whether it was Jake or myself or whether it was just a mutual thing, but it was just, whoever decided to do it i mean it was the right choice there's no other way to do it i'm glad that there was no 
maybe we should do it on on glossy paper. I'm glad that we just kind of stuck with that and did it. It really fits. And I mean, this ties into a question I'm going to get to in a second in YouTube, but the way that you guys set up the book to continue this conversation we're having, it definitely feels like a throwback comic, not just in terms of, for anybody who hasn't read it, it's a Western that tangentially and not so tangentially ties into that Texas blood, but it follows a doomed gang of the title, the Enfield Gang Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have, this is uh, Derek's question here, the back matter in the Enfield Gang Massacre adds so much texture to the main story. Why did you decide to present the Enfield in that way? And not to jump off of what Derek's saying, but I feel like putting it on newsprint emphasizes that so much because yeah. then you've got the pages that feel like these newspaper pages you're flipping through. And then you've got fake newspaper articles in there. You've got stories. You've got everything else. I'm very excited to pick it up, but sorry, answer Derek's question, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the, the, the reason that we did the, uh, the back matter that way was because um, you don't have a lot of real estate on doing the way that we decided to do it, which was, again a conversation and before we ever started was that we thought we're doing a western we should do it we should it should look like a this division you know widescreen western it should be all it should do three panel pages so it essentially looks like a storyboard and splash pages and that was how we decided to do it which is fantastic for for jake the artist but not yeah. for me the writer because that gives me you know, 24 pages per issue to tell a full story, but have only three panels per page and splash pages to tell that story, which is nothing. Um, So I really kind of had to boil down the story. I I think the second issue is probably the hardest issue to write uh, because the first issue I basically had in my mind. And then the second issue I realized, oh, I need to like tell this story and I have no real estate to do this. And so that's really where the the first issue's back matter was... uh, it, we do back matter in general. I mean, in that Texas blood, we always have back matter. It's always an important part of the story, but it's always tangential. It's not necessity. Um, whereas with this, it ended up becoming a necessary aspect of it because I just didn't have the room to tell the story that I wanted to tell. But one of the inspirations for doing it in the three panel thing was uh, a new frontier, the, Darwin Cook series, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is Darwin uh, Cook is a huge inspiration for both Jake and myself. Um, we're huge fans of his Parker um, adaptations, and and uh, actually, that in talking about adaptation for Night People, that was something that I looked back to was as Parker, how he did Parker. Um, but um, yeah, it, just looking at that and, and knowing that he kind of, he must have I don't know if he was thinking about it necessarily, but. Um, it evokes this feeling of, of watching one of those classic 50s VistaVision uh, Technicolor films, which I, mm-hmm. I guarantee you he loved. So I don't know, yeah. if it, but it, it definitely evoked that feeling. Yeah. Um, and so we we brought that over into what we were doing for Enfield and thought that would be a good idea to do it that way. Um, and once we were doing it and I was struggling with how I <laughs> tell the story, um i looked back at new frontier to see how he did it and i realized that he had huge issues yeah yeah <laughs> we're like 52 page issues yeah wow. that's his trick and that's that was i was like damn we should have thought about this <laughs> 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 but i'm glad i am glad that we we i do 
think that it ended up being a good thing because I ended up having to work around the limits, the limitations, which I, I think winds up being a good thing always. Um, it, it became a challenge that I had to overcome. And I, I really do feel like I, I became a better writer because of it. Mm-hmm. But um, sort of to scoop up what we were talking about before a little bit, it has that cons- concision like an EC comic, like the, yeah. this tale of these doomed people, like the tone is there, like, and then the these cinematic vistas while we're just watching these people march to their doom. It, it, like it, it, so I think that 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 sort of uh, limit yeah. actually helped, like you're saying, really made it pop. And it also opens with a mummy. Yeah, <laughs> got to. Um, obviously there's a lot of stuff that you have coming out. Is there anything else you want to plug, Chris? Anything else people should be checking? Out? Um, there, there's things that I can't talk about. Um, but I, all I can tell you is that I, I think that 2024 is going to be a really exciting year for me just as a, as a writer. Um, I'm doing a lot of new things, a lot of different things, um, pushing myself to new extremes. Um, and I think night people is one of those things I, Enfield kind of started it. And uh, I was I was just doing another talk for Night People, and I, Night People sort of was came in right at the tail end of Enfield. I think I wrote issue six of Enfield, and then had to go right into writing Night People. So having to learn how to do you know do this concise form of storytelling in Enfield helped me rolling into Night People, and then it's helping me roll into this next thing that I'm doing as well. Um, so I feel like it's just, it's all sort of informing me, but I, I don't really have anything that I want to plug specifically aside from night people issue one, March 6th. And I do want to say, and feel game masker April 10th or 9th. I, I, it's weird because it's lunar yeah. now. So it's like bookmark mm-hmm. it is 9th because mm-hmm. it's a Tuesday, but new comic book days on the 10th. So I'm saying the 10th. Yeah, I think the it's, it's a two-day celebration. That's what well, there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we might have some surprises in the trade, which we haven't done before. So, ooh, yeah, ooh, so that's great. Pick it Very up. excited to pick that one up. Shouts Chris, to Newsprint. Shouts well. to Newsprint. Shouts to you, Chris. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, on. thanks. Thank you very much, guys. Great, great right. to see you, man. Love your work. All right, there we go. Once again, Chris Condon and the books, as he mentioned, you can check out Night People on March fifth from Oni Press, and then pick up the Enfield Gang Massacre on April 9th or 10th. Either one. You can do both. There you go. Pick it up twice! So nice you picked it up twice. Yeah. That's right after the uh, solar eclipse. So, When's that? April 8th? April 8th. Oh boy! What a big three days for us. Yeah, exactly. We got a lot going on. And the solar eclipse is our event. What? It's our thing. Yeah. It's our time up here. That's what I always say. Up here on the Pete, moon where the solar Pete, eclipse is. The um, path of totality goes right through upstate New York. I'm going mm-hmm. north to see uh, it. Well, cool. I'm happy for you. You go, awesome. go north. Get up yeah. to Rochester. Ooh, we should all meet together. Let's do a, a clips podcast. Yes, we should. The three minutes. We'll waste it talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's not a waste <laughs> is talking to all of you about my favorite oh, part of the show, man. your audience questions. Yeah. And all you got to do for audience questions is drop a question in the comments over on Facebook, YouTube, X slash Twitter, or Twitch. Now, um, speaking of Twitch, before you go into it, Alex, I want to yeah, say we up? did get a Twitch comment. That oh, I we did. Do you want to bring that up? Yes. Uh, check it out. Salt. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm Wait. gonna say yes. 
Yes yeah, to salt? I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. And I'm going to say no. Say no to salt? No to salt, Pete. Are you trying to watch your heart? You worried about yeah. your... Yeah, I got uh, high blood pressure, dude. I can't fuck around bad. with it. I will say we get a lot of complicated questions, gotcha questions. This It doesn't have to be so difficult. Just ask us. It's easy. Yeah, ask us salt. Not, not even, doesn't even need a question mark. Uh, what are you guys <laughs> drinking? I'm still working on this delicious Long Island lemonade. You're going to be working on that for a while. I really have. I started to hit. I, I was drinking a, a... Blue light. Look at that. I was drinking a uh, white Negroni. Uh, very mm. good. With some uh, Sue's of gentian root. If you've had ever had the soda Moxie out of Maine, gentian root liqueur. Sue's. Very good to throw in anything. And then I switched over to my uh, Upstate Eclipse beer, Labat Blue Light. You got an Eclipse beer? It's already sponsored. The Eclipse La- is already sponsored. Yeah. It, when this, when the, it, it happens, when the the light changes, there'll be a Labat Blue Light sign <laughs> on the sun. Oh, it's not an oh, Eclipse man. so much as a advertising opportunity. What hey, about you, Pete? Hey, what are you drinking? Hey, Alex, knock knock. Who's there? Land shark. <laughs> we do do that. You act like surprised and the same. Land shark. You love me. You love I love it. how you're constantly on me for just staying on jokes all the time. You're like, let it go, let that joke go. But yeah, Alex, week, let it go every week. Well, until I run out of them, <laughs> you're gonna buy some more. I'm sure of it. Uh, we got a couple of questions <laughs> here. Did you buy a thousand? How are you not running out of them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just drinks one beer. A week for the show because of the salt content. Yeah. Nat Towson says back matter and info pages are controversial and people often skip them. What are some books with info pages that you like? What do you think works in a good info back page? Mm. Great question. Great question. Um, I for me, like I don't skip, I rarely, rarely skip them. Only in the most dense of the X-Men. Uh, info pages am I skipping over like I like them it's added additive to the book um, I think the best ones flesh out uh, a scene happening and take us to a place that we can't see in the rest of the comic Pete what are you pointing at yeah, I'm trying to hit the skip button I'm trying to hit the skip oh you don't want to answer this because you think it's about X-Men is there I'm no honest- no I I skip it anytime I can skip something I'm skipping it Anytime you can, if there's an intro on a video, skip. If there's you back matter, you know, we like this stuff, right? Yeah, like this is an enjoyable thing for us. It's got to be good to really kind of get my attention. How would you do it? Good, you love, it. I do love right. like the letters page and that kind of stuff. Um, but man, um, a lo- I, you know, sometimes I've just I finish the story and I'm like, ah, yes, this is a close question. Why? Do you enjoy the letters page when you do skip text pages in the story? Well, uh, sometimes in the letters page, there's like really good stories there, like true it's really, stories about somebody's passion for something. You know what I mean? It's really funny that you like the letters page, which is just a random person being like, hey, I like Punisher's hats. What's the deal <laughs> with his hats? And instead of the, the writer being like, here's a interesting you know what justin that's is overlooked but punisher has sick hats bro (laughs) if you go back like sick hats bro yeah a hat guy you're a hat guy that's why you 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 appreciate what was um there was that period of a couple of years where microchip died and he got his new partner hat rack right 
Yeah, exactly. So like, that guy was less Frank. less good with go, computers. <laughs> but he's like, hey, I'm thinking of going with a fedora, Frank, for you today. Can't pull it your off. Your fedora's in the Can't box. Pull it off. The you only think- thing I'm going to punish is your eyeballs by wearing this fedora. I agree with you guys, uh, or one of you guys, or none of you guys, that oh. as long as... <laughs> wow, weird. I think it's a tricky thing to do, and we've seen that very clearly with the X-Men comic books, where this is nothing against the writers, who I like the writers, but it's very hard to pull off those text pages constantly and make them worth it and important, and there are very few writers who know how to do that consistently. Jonathan Hickman, of course, because he set the tone of it, knows how to do it. Kieran Gillen knows how to do it, because... He makes them funny or weird or interesting, and because he's a dude whose brain is set up for D&D and role-play games, he's like, here's the info sheet I was playing off of for this comic book, and it adds something. I feel like a lot of times, Kieran Gillen, his stories are so dense that the info page is actually just a light little fun thing, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow, you really flipped the script on me, (laughs) my guy. Uh, yeah, so that's good. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's all the top of mind stuff, I think, because it's playing in there, but it's, it's hard to do. I do think like, I do think it's hard to do. And also like, we've read so many comics, we've seen a lot of stuff. And if I, I start, like, I'll give you like a couple panels on a backstory. And if I'm not feeling it, I'm like, uh, I'll read it later. Mm -hmm. I think you're talking about something different. But you are. Time is precious for Pete. He has too many comic book boxes to can stack and restack behind. <laughs> Michael Ewan says, if you were stranded on a desert island, who do you think stranded you there, Justin or Pete? Was oh, this for Great Alex? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you could be stranded there by Pete. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have, like, secret islands where we dump people? Like, how are my the real uh, What do we friend? have? What? No, we don't have secret islands. What are you Wait, about? do you have a secret island? Where do you think all that Patreon money's going? Oh, man. Yeah, Alex's Island. <laughs> it's going to the website. That costs a lot of money. Um, Nelson Kelso says, how did you guys like the X-Men 97 trailer? And will you be covering it on the pod? Great news, Nelson. We did cover it on the pod. Yeah, we did. We covered it. All of us were there. Hold on. I'm teeing you up, man. (laughs) We covered it on the Marvel Vision podcast. Justin and I talked about it. That is live as of today. But Pete wasn't there. And I know Pete feels very passionate about it. So why don't you kick it over to Pete? Pete. What'd you think of the X-Men 97 trailer? It hit me in the feels, man. It really... uh... Just seeing that again, like that kind of style of uh, art and uh, in the animation, it just was, uh, yeah, I wasn't ready for how nostalgic or how kind of like how much I missed that kind of uh, mm-hmm. cartoon. Like it really took me back. Like I was prime really time. surprised. That's prime time Pete in the early to mid 90s. Oh, dude, that you don't want to know that kid. That kid could not keep his cool. You think I'm a fucking spaz. Holy shit. What? Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude. I've had this uh, cosmic treadmill for a while behind me here. I'll tell you what, I'm going to fire it up and run back and see if dude, I can Dude, do out. not look me up, bro. Well, this is maybe breaking back that well for you. But I am, again, honestly curious about this. You've been very unhappy with the direction of X-Men. How did you feel about this versus that? Well, wow, I didn't kind of put that together. Uh, maybe the kind of disappointment in the comic books and then seeing this kind of maybe made it more emotional. I'm not sure. But 
Um, yeah, I it is. It's nice to be loving X Men. That's for sure. It's kind of uh, uh, nice to have that kind of feeling back as well. But uh, yeah, I I don't know what it's gonna be, but man, that trailer hit all the right spots to make me want to be first in line to fucking watch this shit. It's <laughs> at, it's on TV, so you can just turn it. You don't have Dude, to. Dude, I'm, I'm gonna wake up. As soon as it's on, I'm I'm there. I'm gonna be. You like, gonna stand Pete's, in line? You yeah, I'll stand in line Pete's for my own TV television. is very popular. People yeah. sleep out for <laughs> yeah. weeks. Why am I at the end of the line? It's my house. Dude, <laughs> you guys have no idea what's going on behind here. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. that isn't uh, the wall of the room. That's a wall of comics to protect you for the people who are watching TV. And the crowds are yeah, screaming, yeah. Pete, Pete's TV. Yeah, we love his yeah. choices." <laughs> Michael Tillman says if you're stranded stranded on a dessert island, what kind of dessert would you be enjoying? Oh, that's Easy. A great. Pineapple upside down cake. Let's go. What? Really? No. Great dessert. Underappreciated dessert. Well, I mean, you want a Sunday a... bar? Yeah. It won't last long, but man, those first Sunday couple Sunday bar minutes. though, bad thing to be living on. Like that's a very cold island. Pineapple upside down cake. I feel like you got pineapple, so you got the fruit. You got the cake, so you got like I don't know some sort of carbs or something right going on there. You got to think about yeah. survival. What's your answer, asshole? Diet. Don't just pick apart our shit. You say something. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably some sort of uh, fruit and nut bar to keep me going. Oh, boo. Alex, that is not no a dessert. Fun. That is. Not oh, I, I'll have granola. Vitamins. I'm trying to what about vitamins? Oh, fuck My Island. What are vitamins. you eating? I guess my favorite dessert is homework, really. When I think of <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Speaking of homework, Schreckler asks, Cypher is the best X-Man, but he's not the most obscure. What obscure Marvel DC characters more obscure than Madam Web do you want to get their own movies? This is wow. spinning off of a discussion, an ongoing discussion we've been having in the Patreon Slack. Believe me, I was trying, I was in a meeting, I was like, what is happening in the Slack? <laughs> There's like five thousand posts about this the uh, i think it was nat actually brought it up that madam webb obviously is a very weird character to put into a movie who is a similarly weird character to put into a movie we eventually limited to marvel in dc and we're talking about like black adam is actually probably relatively speaking like one of the more obscure characters to put in there and from the marvel direction almost definitely madam webb takes the cake um, but forgetting about what's actually out there, what obscure Marvel DC characters do you want to get their own movies? Pete. Okay. So I want like a really dark take on stilt man. Who's just this struggling dude who is afraid of heights, but oh, wow. uh, goes through this kind of like internal battle when he puts on the stilts and becomes stilt man. And it's just like this, dude who can't ever win and yeah yeah that's all i got so far but uh yeah uh, i mean we in the marvel universe i feel like they get to explore a lot of different characters but i guess have we really heard from the guy that uh prepared the syringe in the factory that was later shipped to the secret lab where it was filled with the super soldier serum and then given to Captain America. You're going to bring it back to the guy. You think the guy making syringes is like, this is the one. Everyone's this, got a story. Hey, shut up, people. everybody. Everyone's this one got a story. syringe. That, that person's name? 
Peter LePage. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about that? And think about the info page that we have to do where we get to talk about how he's so into the place Sunday makes the ranges, man. No, you know what I mean? You can't. It's not the one. The info page in that comic is your, a layout of your Sunday bar. It's easy. Oh, this, is, this is fun. Here's, here's the problem with this. Like, I know we're making incredible jokes the here. Problem but is- the, the problem is that there is nothing so obscure at this point. Like, even Madame Webb is somebody like, I never thought in a million years to be a movie, but I can also tell you the complete continuity of Madame Webb if you really want to. So as comic book fans, it's too insular there. I'm not flexing. We host You're a like, comic book. I can book tell talk. you everything about fucking Madame Webb. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, real quick, not a flex. <laughs> Definitely not. not. Flex. No, sad. <laughs> but my life has taken me in horrible directions. <laughs> my point being, <laughs> for us, it is hard to parse those things. Like what actually would be obscure when? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, for most people, most of these characters are obscure. Most of them don't know what any of these are. So I don't know. And we've had things like. Literally everything I was running down a list of when I was thinking about answers to this has been done. Like, I would say, oh, well, what about a Frogman movie? He was in She-Hulk, for yeah. example. So it's all out well, there, man. I definitely, it's and I think, there, to, to, and the business side of it, like, Sony is like, what is a movie? <laughs> <laughs> you can do Spider-Man related. So if it's Spider-Man related, Sony gonna find it. At least mm-hmm. for the next couple months, and then maybe never again. We'll yeah, see. then maybe they'll shut down and go back to Walkmans. John Smith says, uh, "Come on, man! You want a sports Walkman, dude? It would like see it had that like vacuum right, seal with that little lever on the side. Oh man! Yeah, exactly. My Water was always falling bro. over. I love to seal it up so none of the elements <laughs> could get into my That's third right, eye blind CD. Rochester, New York, bro. That's a lot of snow." Path of totality. Check it out, Pete. You gotta get up there. Thoughts on how people are a fan of Batman Superman heroes without ever reading, watching the comics, movies, TV, coming solely because of the video games. Mm, that's interesting. Um, I have no problem with that. I, I think that's awesome. It, well, I, I think there's something not I think. Something that I wrestled with is when I started to realize there were fans of the MCU who were not fans of the comics. And that was honestly a hard thing for me to wrap my head around and not gatekeep about. But I think... Yeah, that's right, Cornell. No, but for real. Because I was uh, like, whatever. Stop doing this. (laughs) I'm on top of the hill. I look down on all of you. I'm saying very specifically, being like, oh, trying to get past the feeling of you've had two years of movies. You suddenly call yourself an Iron Man fan when you've only watched these things I've been reading these comics for years that's not a good feeling and you shouldn't be yeah. feeling that about other people you shouldn't be gatekeeping things and but you I go def- and bully people in line for Iron Man 2 and stuff yeah yell at them but I take out my box of Iron Man comics and I'd be like have you read anything beyond have you read the model? did you, you read all of Armor Wars man because I was there man I was in the Armor Wars man Armor Wars the I got drafted I fought the Armor Wars what I got drafted, dude. Can someone help this no, guy who claims talk about stolen valor? He's My not- point being, however you come you to a fandom of something, it's absolutely fine. As long as you love something and you're excited about it and you're not demeaning other people's excitement of it, love how, whatever you want, however you want it. 
Well, and I think my my big thing with this is I just I can't believe like whenever I had an interest in something, I was like, oh, there it exists in another thing. I was like, I want to consume that immediately. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't understand what you're saying, Alex, of like you love Iron Man in the movies. Why aren't you reading Iron Man comics? You love a Batman video game. Get into the comics, get into the, any aspect of it. And I don't know if that means I'm an obsessive human or or why, what are the barriers for people who are coming at things from other places and not becoming just a, but a, I, a universal I really thing. thought that was the point. I thought the whole point was to let people know like, hey, comics, we need more people reading comics and checking out comics so we can create new ideas and have great things kind of come to life. like. So I don't care where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to pass an IQ test to get in. If you like something for whatever reason, get it. Go. I've seen, I it. first got into Batman through um, uh, Pete's tramp stand. Pete's Batman tramp stand. <laughs> It was my it's, it's beautiful, by the way. It's beautiful. And when, when, if it. you've ever been dancing with Pete, and when, oh my god, is it trends? And I have. In this, this scenario, what am I like 10 years old at a bar or something, bending over a pool table, and you're like 10 years old. You said the first time. Like, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> the first time you saw Batman was Oh my me. god, I remember when I walked into that bar, I saw 10-year-old Pete. <laughs> Bent over a pool table, showing off that trap stab. Who's that? And I'm going to stop talking right now because I value uh, the legality of whatever is going to happen here. Um, <laughs> I, I, there are separations in fandoms. I do think there are people who are like, I love the Arkham games. That's how I'm a fan of Batman. That's what I love. And that's what I love to do. They don't love reading comic books. Maybe they also yeah. even don't like watching oh, that... movies or TV shows, but they love playing video games. That's okay. I mean, I'm with you, Justin. I like to consume all forms yeah, of something no and embrace as many things as possible. But some are people do not. What are you upset about? Yeah, why are you mad about? What, what, You've been you... partying since you were 10 years old, showing off that yeah, cute dude. little trad sound. Uh, leave yeah, my stamp we, we, alone. Dancing around would... on your roller skates. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Alex. He calls it a champ stamp. Not because <laughs> he's a champ. Uh, no, Pete. What are you saying? Like you don't, you don't like this. You want people to be. You're gatekeeping. Is what it sounds like you're doing. No, I'm the opposite. I'm holding doors open. I'm going. Come on, come on in. It kind of sounds like fine. what you're saying. It's like come on in, and if you don't come in, I'm going to be very upset and do something. <laughs> no, it's not so much. You're like a reverse gate bouncer. shoving. You're a gate yeah. shover. I don't. I don't know what you're trying to do here. Uh, but I just think trouble. that if people are, you know, liking comics, that's that's all that matters. If people are excited about something. And but, what, I, but what this question from John Smith about, is about is people not liking the comics. All they like is yeah. the video games. Or somebody yeah. who, uh, and what I was talking about is people are like, I'm a fan of the MCU, period. They're not seeking out the comic book shops. They're not going there. They're not interested. All they want to do is talk about the MCU. How do you feel about that? I, I I don't know, man. Like you want me to hate somebody, and I'm not going to do no, it. I don't I know don't. who they are. I don't know what they're about. <laughs> if they fucking like a video game, great. Well, Good. specifically, I, I was talking about Hitler, so it's interesting that you're being so like oh uh, open about this. He's somebody who is a big fan of the. Video Can we go one show now. where you don't bring up Hitler? Can we just? <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. I don't know. We founded this show on several principles, Pete. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, anyway, why don't we move on? This is Pablo de Martinez says, what do you think of the casting choices for the Fantastic Four? Again, Justin and I talked about this one on the Marvel Vision podcast, but Pete, what do you think about the new Fantastic Four cast? Well, I tell you what, it's a it's a great group of actors and there's some real interesting stuff that makes me excited to see it. But what comes down to, for me, is what kind of Fantastic Four are we doing here? Because I don't like a lot of the Fantastic Four I read, and I hate when the Invisible Woman is treated like an Invisible Woman. So I don't... If it's going to be another movie where Reed Richards is a fucking dick and she takes a back seat, I'm not going to be excited about it. I don't care who you put in there. I bet not. I bet that won't be an issue. I feel like, Pete, there are characters I like Cyclops, Reed Richards, uh, that you've grown to now sort of dislike across the board. Because like, in the recurrent run, Ryan North, that is, is Ryan North's doing, is amazing. Do you like that run of Fantastic Four? I mean, some, some aspects of it. I feel like you just don't like these characters anymore. They've been tainted. Yeah, they've also been done to death. You know what I mean? This is what number it's attempts at Fantastic Four we've seen. I feel like Fantastic Four is at a uh, almost a, a low point in like popularity, even though I, agree. I think is so, so good and should be like the benchmark going forward. What are you excited to see about a Fantastic Four? You know what I mean? Like, what are you like? Oh, man. They're the. It's a different. It's a totally different vibe for a superhero movie and team. Like they're a family. These characters are iconic. I love seeing them uh, any time. These actors are fantastic uh, across the board. The I Incredibles like was a perfect example of like a better Fantastic Four. That what well, does have to? I don't think we have to rank them. It wasn't the Fantastic Four, but I I do think no, that's, but I think and that's those, those, a great example of family working together, doing the things you would like to see. Out yeah. of a fantastic. I mean, the Fast series. and the Furious movies are really fantastic. In a lot of oh, that's a great example. Fam- yeah, because of him. Yeah. So I would say Dom's a Mister Fantastic. I mean, that guy can't get hurt. He bounces off of everything. He jumps off of a car out yeah. of a plane. He's fine. And famously, that was uh, Mister Fantastic's power is bouncing. Frederico Rosa says, "Are you guys rewatching?" <laughs> he's the a rubber fucking whatever he wants. You dickhead. Of course, he's going to bounce. <laughs> Sure. Rewatching the original show or maybe watching before the new one comes out. I believe we're talking about X-Men 97. Justin, mm. you had suggested yes. this the other day. I thought this was a great idea. I think we should rewatch the original X-Men series and not do an episode by episode because that's would br- ruin our brains. See, but but I, I think maybe we should, we should do some recap. I mean, we should watch all the episodes. I, I'm a little worried. I almost would want to watch after because I'd be worried if it would... I would watch so much of it that then then that's what I would want more. You know what mm. I mean? Instead of what, but that's they're, what they're doing. At the very least, it feels like, I mean, I know they're skipping five years, but they're picking up after the last episode. We should watch the last episode at the very least. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that no. there, it was a, a direct. Here, I think here's what we should do. And not to promise something that we might not deliver on, but what if we did like, a, a, we did an episode per season. And we highlighted favorite episodes. There's a or lot like of them. every we could do a How random number seasons? generator or do like every three episodes. We keep missing yeah. stuff and we're like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Is that no, so we fun? Have to watch, watch. <laughs> X-Men, famously easy to follow if you skip a couple of things. Derek Maynard <laughs> says, What other animated shows should be resurrected and why is it spectacular Spider-Man? Oh yeah, what's good? What's um, good? Obviously, I think we're talking about uh, Buffy Batman O'Hare. The, 
Oh, yes. Uh, there are a million animated shows from the 90s that we could bring back because that was oh, a time. Bring them all back, dude. Darkwing seven. Duck. Come on, dude. Tailspin. Uh, Mask. Silverhawks is another one uh, that I loved. I mean, all, all the those... big hitters like Transformers, He Man, G.I. Joe. Ever watch Cadillacs yeah. and Dinosaurs uh, <laughs> in the mid 90s? Yeah. Based on a comic, also. I'd love to see some more of that. Uh, ever watch Heathcliff? I don't know if we're on the same page. Yeah, Shira. Oh Let's yeah, more of the Netflix Shira at the very least. I was gonna say they brought that back, Alex. Yeah, it was yeah, great. yeah, it's so good. Bring yeah, back some Mondar and the Barbarian. Good call, Derek Mainhart. Yeah. Uh, Stray Bullet says, not a question, but this is my last live show. I'll be able to attend for a minute. Just wanted to say oh. how much I'll miss Tuesday nights, and hopefully I'll be back soon. Stray Bullet is opening his restaurant. Very yeah, soon, Stray Bullet. That's the reason he's uh, not going to be here. What a bummer, um, but good luck. You'll be in our hearts, opening. and if you're in New Orleans, go see or go eat at Wild South, his new restaurant. Yes. It's going to be huge. Eat for us. We can't be there, but oh man, I can't wait. To go. I'm a go. We're going. I'm a go. Yeah. yeah. Going. Uh, John Smith says, Can we email questions for the guests in the coming weeks? I once emailed questions for Kenny Malone, Planet Money related ones. Absolutely. Comic Book Club Live at gmail.com. Send them our way. And let's see. Lots of comments tonight. My goodness. Yes, um, it is. Chatty gang. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, Derek says, what about people who come to superheroes via Legos? Legos, I don't think that happens. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it does. Mm, I don't know. I mean, Take a yeah. hard get it, man. I Who's mean, this I, guy? You, know, you oh. laugh, Alex, but kids who are... when You you come to Legos before you come to comics. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I think that is an entry point. Yeah. And that thing about Lego My Ego... Think about the waffle people. Oh, man. At, the people who at, come to comics from Eggos. Absolutely. Yeah. So there says, real audience question, <laughs> thoughts on Drizzly shutting down. Uh, this is Drizzly, the drink ordering app. It is shutting down and being folded into. Did Uber you guys Eats. use that a lot or something? I kind of did for the show oh, wow. specifically. I mean, it um, was cool, especially if you were like sending a gift to someone or like it wanted to get someone far away. Like, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. So, uh, great. And just to wrap this all up, how about people loving the Funkos? Go, go with God, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is this uh, something enjoy. that I don't know about, or is just Funkos popularity? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no. He's saying like people who collect Funkos but aren't necessarily comic book fans or fans of those things. Oh. Just and I think fun. our fame, famously, our statement is we have to hunt those people down in the streets and kill them. <laughs> right? I think that's what we said, right? Yeah. That's our policy as a show. I purge the Funkos is what we said. Hashtag purge the Funkos. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And oh, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Hey, all right. This is the part we back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online because if you had 25 bucks, you go to a comic book shop. You get some goodies, man. So all we need is a brave volunteer and you will win 25 free dollars. Seems like a sweet deal. Oh, Pablo. Pablo, hand up one here. All he right. Says. 
There you let's, go. Let's do it, Pablo. Oh, All we right, got a lot great. of hands popping too. So um, non-card and easy reader, come back uh, next week. Yeah, please come back next time. All right, here we go. Today's trivia is on comic book first facts and a small, small nod to the legend. Wayne Kramer, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go, Pablo. Question number one. Who came first, Marvel or DC? Is it A, DC? Is it B, Evelyn? Or is it C, Robert LaLoja? (laughs) That's like saying a true-false question where... True is not an answer, a possible answer. <laughs> That's a new level. Oh, of a? Is it A? It is A. Great, Pablo got it. All right, here we go. Question number two. Who was Marvel's first superhero? Was it A, Human Torch, B, Moss Man, or C, Ron Moss? Ooh, nice. Moss mm. Man is one of my favorite. I have Moss Man number one. It's worth one point eight billion dollars. <laughs> wow. A uh, A is correct. <laughs> Weird pause. Nice. All right. Question number three. Here we go. Last one. Who was the first superhero? Was it A Phantom, B Stinkor, or is it C Lisa Armstrong? Oh boy. Stinkor. Stinkor? You're really hitting a He-Man. Oh, that's a He-Man character. Yeah. What do you think? Do He-Man characters have worse names or Thundercats characters? Uh, can it be a or G.I. Joe? At the bottom? <laughs> a tie. A tie is correct, the- Pablo. Hey, there we go. Congratulations, Pablo. You have won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email. We'll get that off to you. Pete, what is the secret movie? Of course, I'm talking about the 2008 quirky anthology Boneyard Collection. Woohoo! Great. <laughs> Great. I know what that is, one. man. Uh, well, why don't we talk about what we're looking forward to, what's coming out in stores this week or already out that you are excited about. Pete? Oh, man. I can't wait to talk about Captain Marvel number five as well as Bat- Batman number 144. Hmm, they're really keeping hmm. that Batman title going. Justin, what about you? A lot of good stuff out there this week. Um, I'm excited. I will say uh, Incredible Hulk number nine. I feel like Philip Kennedy Johnson is really going, talking about horror on the show tonight, is going full horror Mm -hmm. um, in this version of the Hulk. So that's exciting to see him taking that book there. But I also want to shout out um, X-Force number 49, by Benjamin Percy and uh, Robert Kill. This comic is sort of on the wild side of the X-Men universe right now and all of the things that are happening. This comic is just doing what it wants, and I feel like it's a fun read that doesn't get bogged down by any continuity issues that some of our more angsty podcast hosts have. Uh, There are, I feel like, more titles coming out this week that I'm intrigued by than excited by. Like, things that I'm interested to see what happens with them like Spawn three well spawn 350 for example i don't love spawn but todd mcfarland has promised this is a game changer for the universe or you've got uh blasphemous uh number one from distillery 
they've been on a roll with their first two titles, Gone and Somna. So really curious to check that out as well. We've also been kind of down on the Guardians of the Galaxy run, but Guardians of the Galaxy Annual finishes that up. So I'm curious to see if they stick the landing Ooh. there. So lots of stuff like that that I think is uh, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating is what yeah. I'm and I think that's just to jump in real quick. I think the spawn thing really does set it up. I mean, it's quite an animal. Well, we don't know. It, it doesn't come out until tomorrow. I matter. know, but I'm excited to talk about it. You know about yeah. it because I've read some uh, preview articles where the author was talking about it. It wasn't you know that I read anything. So uh, two uh, two quick things on that. Great great coverage there, Pete. Um, uh, there is one banger coming out. Ultimate Spider Man number two. Yes. That I thought the first issue was great, and that's just a, a huge book that I think will be great. And yeah, one but... thing that one thing that we um talked about in a previous deck that is actually hitting the stance tomorrow is Six Fingers number one. Oh, Derek Maynard right. in the comments, which is super exciting. We got a preview of that, and man, that is good. Definitely pick that up. There you go. And all of those comic books are going to be in our stack podcast that comes Wednesday at 9 a.m. in the comic book but, club feed and its own dedicated stack feed. And what? Justin's just got to be happy, though. Uh, he, he's heard about the rumors of the countdown clock being back. I mean, that's got to be what so tight. <laughs> what are you so doing right tight. now? Save on the, the rumors? <laughs> Who's yeah. saying these rumors? Oh, my God. It's all over any of the. All over what? The small Pennsylvania town you live in. You go on TikTok, like anywhere you look, yeah. you know, people are talking. Drive shout through town. Shout out your TikTok handle, Pete. Really <laughs> it's, it's on Pete's club. OnlyFans, actually. Check out Pete uh, on OnlyFans. Yes, oh, let's not forget Pete's OnlyFans. Yeah, That's a like, big one. rumor. Please he does forget. have one. Please That's forget. what it paid for your tramp stamp, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> for the removal of his camp. <laughs> Man. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, that's it for this week's show. Oh, a couple boy. of people we want to thank. We want to thank Chris Condon for coming on. To talk yeah. about Only Press's Night People. That comes out March 5th. So definitely pick that up, as well as the Edfield Gang Massacre newsprint trade. Tim Seeley for talking about Local Man yeah, and Hack Slash Back to School. Local Man Bad Girls will be out March 27th. Also, Batman the Brave and the Bold is coming out uh, number 13. It's coming out in May. And Hack Slash Back to School number 3 on February 28th. Next week, Jerry Dugan is going to be here. Dukes? Yeah, the Dukes back on the show talk about X-Men and his new book, Dark Room, among other things. Comic Book Club News, our daily news show, rolling out five days a week. Marvel Vision, our Marvel show, is also rolling out weekly with Marvel News. Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast, DC News. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support this show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. A lot of shouting out of the dudes. <laughs> 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 <laughs>